Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2Xers, back at the 2X Podcast on a Tuesday. By the way, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but I'm going to be doing these Facebook Live video events. And uh, so what you're hearing today is a copy of the Facebook Live event. If you'd like to see those live, go to BillKasky.com slash Facebook, and you can be on the live broadcast with us. So today's topic is how do you sell a premium product in a price sensitive world or in a commodity world. And we did this webinar here a few years ago, and it was really a popular one, and we really haven't done anything with it. And what I did in the last uh, week or so is I updated it, took some things out, added some things to it. And so I'm uh, going to be doing a three-part series. So today, next Tuesday, and the following Tuesday on both Facebook Live and in the 2X podcast, on that very topic. So we're going to divide it up into getting very clear about your value and your position, getting ready to go make the call, and then how to go make the calls uh, in the get going part. So three-part series, once again, billkasky.com slash Facebook. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. A couple of uh, things we've got here in the background. Uh, Travis has been instrumental here in helping us redesign the office, and he created these plaques on the wall one, one says, no one is coming to save you. Uh, that's by a guy named Nathaniel Braden, or is it Brandon? I think it's Nathaniel Brandon, who wrote a book, who's written several books on self-esteem. And his, the essence of the quote is that no one's coming. So what we're going to talk about today, it's really up to you. It's not up to your boss, your manager, the owner of the company. It's not up to your peers. It's up to you for you to position yourself in the right way when you're out in the market so that you can command a premium product. The other one says, people don't buy the product, they buy the story attached to the product. And you've heard, uh, you've heard the TED Talk, uh, The Golden Circles, which is Simon Sinek, who talks about the, the purpose of why. And I think it's the same thing. When you're selling a premium priced product, it's not just the product that's premium priced, it's the story around it that commands a premium price for it. So what we're going to do today is I wanna share with you the common question that we get, this is the most common question, is, Bill, I do all the right things in the sales process. I say the right things. I ask the right questions. I have a good process. And at the end, I'll either lose a deal to the competition, I'll lose a deal to price, where I just, I just get shut out because my price is too high, or I lose a deal to the phantom competitor, which is they do nothing. So if you look at the closing rate in American business today, it's about 10 to 12% business to business opportunities that get closed. So if you're way above that, hats off, congratulations, tip of the hat to you. But if you're way above that, somebody else on the call is probably way beneath that. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you some strategies and some tactics to help you position yourself better 
so that you can be closing 20, 30, 80%. I've got one client that closes 80% of the deals he goes after. Now, he doesn't go after everything. He's very particular about who he sees and he has a very tight filter when a prospect shows up in, their li in his life. So I want you to get that closing rate up because that closing rate of 12% means you're wasting 88% of your time. And I know that some of you will say, yeah, but you know, they may have a future need and all is not lost. No, all is not lost, but a lot is lost when you spend 88% of your time. Is that 80, 100 minus 12, 88? Yeah, 88% of your time chasing deals that don't happen. What's the, what's the result for you if you don't get this thing fixed? If you can't figure out a way to better sell your premium product in this commodity market, and by the way, commodity market, I mean a market where price is king or at least where price is queen. It's either the top one or two or three things that a buyer looks at. So what happens for you if you don't get this fixed? Well, number one, you're gonna waste a lot of time. Number two, it's not nearly as much fun to call on people where you're not positioned properly. Number three, you're going to have a lot more confidence. And I hope that's what we do today, is give you some confidence that you can go out and pursue these things in a different way in a different way, and that's really the critical part. So this is, requires work. We're going to do three parts. Today we're going to talk about getting clear. Next week we're going to talk about getting ready. And the third week we're going to talk about getting going. Get clear, get ready, get going. Today we're going to talk about clarity. So what is the problem? And by the way, we'd love it if you shared this with your friends and colleagues. If you find value here, we'd love it if you shared it here on Facebook with some of your colleagues. Uh, we'd love to have them be a part of this as, as well. So what's the problem? Why is it that we struggle to sell a premium product in a commodity world? And I think problem number one is positioning. We just aren't positioned properly. So positioning, in a way you think about this, it's how do people see you when you show up? What, what do people think when they hear that you're in the lobby to see them, or you're on the phone, or you're on a webinar getting ready to do a, a live one-to-one uh, -one with them? What do they think about you? And I know that's hard to answer because you probably will say, well, they think a lot of me. They think I'm pretty cool and classy and a really good salesperson and very helpful. Maybe or maybe not. Because if you act like every other sales professional or shall I say amateur who calls on them, they're not going to have a very good position of you in their mind. So a lot of this has to do with how are you positioned? Well, one way to become positioned better is to become clear about what your position is, which we're gonna talk about here in a moment. Problem number two with being unable to sell a premium product is we end up staying in convince and persuade mode. Do you know what convince and persuade mode is? It's where we walk in, walk in metaphorically, we walk into the customer's life, prospect's life, and we start to pitch, and we start to sell, and we start to convince and defend. And what does that lead to? that leads to resistance. When you're coming at me, trying to sell me something or convince me to buy it, and I know nobody thinks they do that, but I've, I listen on the phone calls to some of our clients who allow me to listen in on their calls, and there is always a vein of convince and persuade when we first start working with someone. So when you're in convince mode, they're in resistance mode. So it becomes very difficult to attract business to you if you're doing the very thing that's causing resistance. So that's one of the problems with this whole way that we've learned to sell, I think erroneously and wrongly, is that we go in and convince and persuade, I think it's dead. I think that model is dead. Now, does it still work? Well, it still works if your customer really is in pain and really needs what you have. 
you don't have to do anything right if they're in tremendous pain. So that's problem number two. Problem number three is we have never thought about our thinking. And I want you to think about your thinking a little bit today. Instead, what we do, and see if you've had this happen in a, in a sales meeting recently, we, we resort to and default to, well, what do we need to say to get the business? What do we need to say to get the customer to, to say yes and to follow us and close the deal? And here we are, oh my gosh, it's, it's March the 15th, the end of the month is quickly appearing in front of us. What do we need to say to close the business? And I say, stop with that. That's not helping any. What I want you to do instead is start thinking about how you're thinking. What is your state of mind when you first start talking with a potential client? If you're going to be positioned properly, your state of mind matters. Here's three states of mind that I think you should be in. Number one, I think you should be thinking abundantly. I think you should be looking at your market and say, my goodness, if everybody raised their hand today and wanted to buy from me, I don't have the time. I just don't have the time. You have to see your market as a place of unlimited possibilities. Maybe not infinite, because if you have a geography or you have the world, there's still a limited number of people in it. But I want you to think abundantly. That's one way to change your state of mind versus scarcity. The second thing is I want you to think about detachment. Detachment is the ability you have to not be as interested in selling the product as your customer is in getting their problem solved. See, detachment is like a spectrum, and your customer is, should be attached to getting their problem solved. You should not be attached to making the sale. The third state of mind I want you to have is this idea of high intention, high intent. What is your intent when you first start talking to a prospect? Is it to sell them something? I hope not. hope it's to help them discover whether they even have a problem or not. And we're going to get into the solution there a little bit too. So what are the solutions or what are the problems? Number one, you gotta get out of convince and persuade mode. Just get out of that. I know you'll go to sales training. If you don't come to mine, you'll go to somebody else's and, and the whole vein of thinking will be about convince and persuade. And just tell them they don't know what they're talking about. Tune into Facebook Live. Second thing is, um, Whoops, I'm giving you the solution here. Second thing is um, that you've got to position yourself properly, and the third thing is you've got to think about your thinking. And if you can change your thinking, good things happen. So let's talk about the solutions here. Solution number one is I want you to get clear on your position. You like my multimedia show here today? Like this? We were going to opt for this massive uh, big screen, but we just decided to print these slides instead. Probably one will be upside down in the next few minutes. What are your positioning values? What, what is your ideal position? So when you walk into a prospect's business and you have a premium product and you have a lot of, a lot of uh, competitors chirping away at your heels who sell low price equipment and products and solutions, what is your ideal position? How would you ideally like the customer to think about you? Well, let me give you three things. Number one, I want your customers to see you as someone who's interested in finding their problems or helping them achieve their goals. So we always talk about pain, you know, what's their pain? Uh, yeah, that may be part of it, but I want you to know what is, what's that customer really trying to accomplish? Be curious about that. What are they trying to achieve as a result of seeing you? So that's number one. Number two is I want you to be positioned as someone valuable whether they buy from you or not. You know, a lot of times I hear this, well, you know, Bill, my customer will see the value when they finally purchase from me. That's when it really kicks in. Well, it can't be that way. Because if you're not bringing any value in the sales process, 
and I'll, we'll talk maybe later about how to do that. If you're not bringing value, if you're not helping them to determine what problems they have and helping them to imagine a future different than what they have, you're not helping them much. So that's why I like the idea of the assessment. I think the assessment really is strong. And the third position is never be needy. Don't be needy. I don't care whether it's the beginning of the month, end of the month, end of the year, end of the quarter. Don't be needy. It does not help. It forces people away. In fact, I used to say, I haven't said it for a while, so this is the first time I've dragged this one out, but I think that when you are needy, it causes that person you're speaking with to look at themselves as needy. They see themselves in you, and we all have needy parts to us, and so when you show up in need of a sale, that just reflects poorly upon them, and they start asking themselves, you know what, I don't like to be around that guy because he makes me feel needy too, and nobody likes that. So I don't want you to be needy, I want you to solve the problem by becoming very clear on your positioning, very clear. Professionals, and I think I mentioned this uh, earlier, I don't know if, you, if some of you got on late, go to billkasky.com pro, download this, it's a checklist on amateur selling versus professional selling, and you might see yourself in some of those places. But I want you to think about that because your ideal position should be some sort of trusted advisor that helps me find out what my problems are. I read a book the other day, I can't remember the name or I'd be happy to give it to you, I'll put it in the notes, but a book about when someone says, what do you do? What they're really saying is, why should I care? And if when someone says, what do you do? You just rip off the 17 things that you do, that's not really helping them care. So somebody who's really clear on their position knows their customer's business, knows the circumstances in their business, and knows how to help them care about the solution. Number two, solution number two, your role is guiding, not being the hero. And we've talk, we talk about this a lot in our training. I want you to be the guide on their journey. In fact, look at my note here in the back. This is terrible, but look at this. Look what I wrote. This is like a bridge from here to there. This is where the customer is now, this is where they want to be. You're the guide that helps them along that bridge. You're the leader. I don't mean leader of people. You're the leader of the pack. You're the person, uh, cue up that song from the 60s. Who is that, leader of the pack? Uh, you're the leader. You're the guide. You're the person that needs to know. You need to find out where they are now. You need to find out where they're going, what their destination is. And you're the one that puts together the path and the plan. So if you want to be positioned differently, you've got to change your mindset about what your role even is in the sales cycle. It's not to be the hero, oh look at me, look at all the great things I have, I got this and I got pots and I got pans. No, you're not that. He's the hero, she's the hero of their own story. You're just the guy that helps them claim that hero status. And number three, I want you to get clear on your skepticism. Be skeptical, uh, be resigned to the fact there may be no business here, be unsure. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, come on, you've gone off the deep end here, Kasky. You are telling me to be skeptical and unsure, but I'm the person that's got the enthusiasm. I'm the one that shows up and wants, wants to prove how great we are and how they'll just be over the moon with this solution that I'm gonna provide. Stop that now, too. The reason I want you to be skeptical, unsure, and resigned to the fact there may be nothing here is I want you to create space. Here's your customer, here's you. The space between you, you and the customer should be filled with their issues and their goals and their problems and their concerns and their fears, even fears about working with you. 
I read an article the other day on B2B selling and in large companies and large ticket sales, there's a certain amount of fear that the buyer feels. Are you alleviating that fear? Are you helping them see that, look, not only am I going to help you get from where you are to where you want to go, I'm also going to help you do it with less fear and anxiety. So if you're resigned and you're uncertain and unsure, you will create a vacuum that they will fill with all of their stuff. Plus, you're positioning yourself well. You're not positioning yourself as some eager, hungry, amateur salesperson who needs to make quota by the end of the month, even though you might. I want you to create that space with the customer where they can show up in your space and start to tell you all of those things. All right? What we're going to do next time is we're going to talk a little bit more about becoming ready, getting ready for this. So this is a clarity piece. Ready is next, and in two weeks we'll talk about getting going. Once again, remind you, hopefully I'm not reminding you too much, go to billkasky.com pro and download our uh, checklist of how to be a true professional and share this with your friends and neighbors and colleagues. We'd love to have, we're going to keep doing this for the next few months, and so we'd love to see more of your colleagues on the call here with us. Uh, we do have a question here. Travis, did that... Do I have a copy of that? Uh, a young lady sent in, a young lady sent in a question. Yeah, here it is. I'm gonna have to put my glasses on to see it. I almost forgot. She said, Bill, thanks for the training. I can't be on the live show today, but I will watch the replay. I'm in the software, software as a service business, and it seems like I'm either too late or too early in the process. But the biggest problem, I end up not talking to all the decision makers, help. Well, I, I would suggest to Christy, she go watch last week's Facebook Live event, Calling High. Um, there's two stats you need to know about. Number one, 57% of the sales process is done before you show up. So you can think that you're the one that, that is, is guiding them from the very beginning, but they've been online searching for something, so they're almost two-thirds of the way through the sales process when you show up. And number two stat that I find really interesting, how many decision makers in the B2B process do you think there are on average? This is a CEB study. I don't know who CEB is, but I, I looked, and they're a legitimate, reputable company, do a lot of research. How many contacts do you think it takes? If you were to say 5.4, you would be spot on. I don't know who the .4 is, must be a half a person. But an average of 5.4 decision makers in the process. So you, Christy, have to think about back channels. Not just the person you're speaking with, but are you surrounding them? Are you linked, and this is the great part of LinkedIn, are you linking to other people inside that organization? Not in a creepy way, but in a helpful way. Do you have content that you can share with them? so that when somebody in their company comes to them and says, hey, we're thinking about putting in this software service, they said, yeah, you know what, I've been working with, I've been looking at Christy's blog and some of her work, yeah, I really like that. Oh, really, you know Christy? Ah, oh, sure, I know Christy. Third, or maybe that's second, I want you to message to all decision makers. And I think a lot of times is we say we want more people in the decision process. But if our message is directed to a purchasing agent, and I'm not saying it is here, if our message is directed to a purchasing agent, and we don't have a CEO-style message or a VP of marketing-style message or anybody else, if that's the only message we've created, then that's all the person we're going to get in front of. Or if we do get in front of the CEO, we're going to be speaking that procurement language, and that's not, that's not right. 
So make a list of the people that you call on inside companies and have a different message for each because your product's value shows up differently for the CEO than it does the VP of finance, the sales manager, or the salesperson. So that's a good question, Christy. I appreciate that, and hopefully you'll be able to watch this. But uh, if you have any questions uh, for the next week, make sure you post them here on the Facebook, on the fan page, and we'll try to cover them. We're going to talk next week about getting ready, how to sell a premium product in a commodity market. Go try some of these things. I've given you six or eight ideas. So go try them, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, all. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.